The unsurpassed, penetrating and perfect truth is seldom met with, even in a hundred thousand myriad countless. Now we can see and hear it, we can remember and accept it. I vow to make the Buddha's truth one with myself. Homage to the Buddha, homage to the Dharma, homage to the Sangha. So this morning I wanted to offer some reflections on gratitude. It said that in Soto Zen, uh, the hallmark of a Soto Zen practitioner is gratitude. So you, that means you can, if you can see someone who's practicing gratitude, who's a, who's a Buddhist, and if they're really coming across with a lot of gratitude, it's likely that they're practicing Soto Zen. Okay? Um, Reverend Master Jiu said that uh, gratitude is the fifth wisdom. Uh, we, in the Shishogi that we talked about this morning, uh, that we recited, there was one chapter on the four wisdoms, which is charity, tenderness, benevolence, and sympathy. And she said that gratitude is the fifth wisdom. So I wanted to offer some reflections on gratitude. Um, gratitude is, is more than just a feeling. Okay? It's something that we can actually practice just in the same way that we can practice charity or benevolence, sympathy. We can practice gratitude. Um, one of my favorite stories of Reverend Master Ji is that uh, she talked about a disciple she had there that kept disrobing. He kept leaving and then coming back and disrobing and coming back. And after he did this five or six times, and every time he came back, he said, well, I just feel so grateful to be here. So after about five or six times, she, she said back to him, well, remember that the next time you want to leave. <laughs> we, can, we can be grateful even though we may not feel grateful. Okay? It's an attitude or a practice that we can um, draw on and, and practice. I wanted to start this morning with reading something from uh, Nagarjuna. Um, Nagarjuna is one of our Indian ancestors, considered to be the most important Indian ancestor after Shakyamuni Buddha. He's the, considered the father of many of the Mahayana traditions. And I'm reading from first the, uh, the large sutra on perfect wisdom. This is the big uh, scripture on great wisdom from which our scripture of great wisdom is taken. Okay? Our scripture of great wisdom is the distillation of all these words in one short, uh, one short scripture. This is the complete thing. And it's talking about... Um, preparations for the stages of bodhisattvahood, the things we want to do to kind of get ready to practice uh, being a bodhisattva, a being who's dedicated to training for the benefit of others as well as oneself. A bodhisattva's gratitude and thankfulness consist in that coursing in the bodhisattva course, they do not throughout the round of birth and death, forget a small kindly action done to them, much less a big one. 
that's another thing that I remember hearing about Reverend Master Jiu was that she never re forgot a small kindness shown to her. She always was ready to pay back that kindness. And it, there's, uh, it's based in part on another monk that lived at the time of the Buddha called Shariputra. He's one of the two chief disciples of the Buddha. And um, he always bowed in the direction of the person who had introduced him to the Dharma, to the Buddha's teaching, out of gratitude for uh, the introduction to the Dharma. Okay, So then Nagarjuna comments on this and talks about the small acts of uh, that we receive to come from many different sources. Nagarjuna says, some people believe that they owe their present enjoyments and advantages to their former merits and say to their benefactors, I have my own merit. What benefit have you bestowed on me? To counteract this false view, the Buddha here enjoins them to feel gratitude. Although beings have in their former lives acquired a right to happiness, they could not enjoy this happiness if present circumstances, among them the generosity of the benefactors, did not contribute something also. And when we talk about the benefactors, in, in Buddhism tradition there's four benefactors. Uh, the first is the Buddha, the second is the parents, the people who gave us life. The third is the president or head of the state, and that represents all the various benefits that we receive from the government, such as roads and education and health care and all the various things that we uh, receive as, as, a, as a consequence of being in a particular country, all the benefits that we receive. And then the fourth benefactor is all people. So we're dedicated and in, in receive the merit from all people. That's, that's pretty broad. So, um, then Dagarjuna gives us an example. The seed of the corn is in the earth, but without rain it could not germinate. One cannot say that the rain renders it no service on the pretext that it is the seed which produces the corn. Although the benefits which we reap now have been planted by us in the course of our former lives, yet the respectful and affectionate disposition of our benefactors is an integral part of the benefits. Otherwise, if it hadn't been for the rain, the seed of the corn could not germinate. Even though the rain is not directly responsible, it's indirectly responsible. And likewise, our lives are dependent upon so many different factors to support us. Okay. In addition, gratitude is a source of great compassion and opens the door to wholesome actions. A grateful person is loved and esteemed by humanity, and their reputation spreads far and wide. After their death, he is reborn in the heavens, and finally they reach enlightenment. 
Moreover, the Bodhisattva reflects, if I want to save even those who have done me harm, when I promise to save all sentient beings, uh, why not help those who have helped me? Okay. Reflecting on the all the merit that we receive in our daily lives, I find to be a really helpful practice when I'm in a bad mood or a dark mood, and I find it's a way to to cut that that chain of negative negativity. I just start looking around me and being grateful for whatever it is that I, I touch and whatever it is that surrounds me. If I'm lying in bed, I start with my sheets and my pillow and my blankets and the bed and a room which shelters me from you know, wind and water and sun. And then I just kind of keep thinking, I go broader and broader of all the things that helps me practice, all the things that make possible in my life. And pretty soon the negativity is gone. I forgot. I've forgotten that, and I can be be positive. Okay. Uh, we're in Buddhism. We talk about interdependence. We're dependent upon so many different factors. All these different factors make up our lives. If you think of the word benefactor, that's even what it is. What it means. Bene means good. The good factors that enable us to live and enable us to train. I want us to look now at the scripture that we did this morning. Um, it's a shogi, which is a, a distillation of great master Dogen's uh, Shobo Genzo. This is what I've got here, this big tome, this is half of the Shobogenzo. Okay. It's it's pretty pretty long and pretty deep, but there's a um, people underestimate their own ability to understand it because there's a lot of passages that are quite straightforward. And the passages I want to let's look at this morning are are those kind of passages. They're quite straightforward. The name of the last section in the Shoshogi is, is called Putting the Teachings into Practice and Showing Gratitude. Another way you could say that is that we, we show our gratitude by putting the teachings into practice. Okay? In, in, the, in a sense, it's not enough to as I said a minute ago, it's not enough to feel grateful, but we can be grateful and we can show our gratitude. And one of the ways we do that is putting the teachings into practice, practicing what we've learned. Okay, Because by doing so, we benefit ourselves, we also benefit other people. And the first paragraph of the Shishogi is, the Buddha nature should be thus simply awakened in all living things within this world for their desire to be born herein has been fulfilled. As this is so, why should they not be grateful to Shakyamuni Buddha? 
we can start with our own life and be grateful to the Buddha that we have life. Um, in Tibetan Buddhism, they emphasize a lot the what they call precious human rebirth. And we have that here in the Shoshogi emphasized as well. The, the marvelous opportunity we have as a human being. And Dogenis says, since we've been born here, our wish to be born here has been fulfilled. Why should we not be grateful to Shakyamuni Buddha? Just our, our very life, we can be grateful to, to the Buddha. And then the other thing to be grateful for, it kind of traditionally is said, to be grateful for the Dharma. You know, to the opportunity to encounter the Buddha's teaching. And all of us here have already received those two great benefits. We have a human, we have a human body. And most of us have a pretty complete human body. And we've encountered the Dharma just by sitting here. We already are encountering the Dharma. Dogen says, if the truth had not spread throughout the entire world, it would have been impossible for us to have found it, even should we have been willing to give our lives for it. We should think deeply upon this. How fortunate have we been to be born now, when it is possible to see the truth. And then he um, has a sense that's a very important. He says, Remember the Buddha's words. When you meet a Zen master who teaches the truth, do not consider his caste, his appearance, shortcomings, or behavior. Bow before him out of respect for his great wisdom and do nothing whatsoever to worry him. And that sentence comes out of the Shobo Genzo in a chapter where Dogen is taking his monks to task for not respecting women teachers. And um, I'll just read you what, he, what it says in a complete translation here. in a discourse called Respectful Bowing Will Secure for You the Very Marrow of the Way. Okay. Shakyamuni Buddha once said, Should you meet teachers who expound supreme enlightenment, do not inquire into their family pedigree, do not look at their personal appearance, do not despise their shortcomings, do not be concerned with their behavior. Simply, out of respect and esteem for spiritual wisdom, feed such persons daily with hundreds of thousands of ounces of gold. Bestow upon them food fit for the gods. Make them offerings to meet their needs. And scatter celestial flowers upon them as a reverential offering. Now, we don't take that literally, but take that figuratively. That's, that's how grateful we should be for the... Uh, those who offer us the Dharma, okay? And then he says, thrice every day, morning, noon, and evening, reverently bow to pay your respects without letting any feelings of resentment arise in you. When you behave in this way, there will, be, there will undoubtedly be a way to enlightenment for you. 
from the time when I first gave rise to the intention to realize Buddhahood. I have trained and practiced in this manner so that today I am realizing supreme enlightenment. So the Buddha says, this is how I did it. And if you want to realize the same enlightenment that I have, it'd be good for us to do the same. He's giving us an example from his own practice of what worked for him and what can work for us. Dogen continues in the uh, Shoshogi. Because of consideration for others on the part of the Buddhas and ancestors, we are enabled to see the Buddha even now and hear his teachings. Had the Buddhas and ancestors not truly transmitted the truth, it could never have been heard at this particular time. Even only so much as a short phrase or section of the teaching should be deeply appreciated. Again, it can be worthwhile sometimes to just reflect on how dependent we are on other people having passed on the Dharma. So many teachers and so many students have been practicing for 2,500 years, and every transmission of the Dharma from one person to another is what keeps that practice alive and we don't know which of those acts is dependent is directly dependent upon our receiving the Dharma but all of those acts together make it possible for us to encounter the Dharma okay it creates an ocean an ocean of Dharma What alternative have we but to be utterly grateful for the great compassion exhibited in this highest of all teachings, which is the very eye and treasury of the truth? The sixth sparrow never forgot the kindness shown to it, rewarding it with the ring belonging to the three great ministers. And the unfortunate tortoise remembered too, showing its gratitude with the seal of Yofu. If animals can show gratitude, Surely man can do the same. So Dogen is pointing out that we can be better we can be better than animals. We can we can uh, express our gratitude. And if animals can express gratitude, surely we can do that. The um, the story about the tortoise and the sparrow there are two classical Chinese stories. Um, one refers to a boy who helped a sick sparrow recover from an injury. And the sparrow gave the boy four silver rings in recompense. And those four rings ultimately led to the boys being appointed to three high government positions. The turtle is a reference to another classic Chinese story in which a man rescued a trapped turtle. 
man came along and someone was fishing and had, had caught a turtle and the man purchased the turtle from him and then released it into the pond. As the turtle swam off, it looked back over its shoulder to its benefactor as if to acknowledge its indebtedness. Later, the man rose to a high official position and when the seal of his office was cast, it miraculously appeared in the form of a turtle looking over its back. No matter how many times the seal was recast to remove the form, it would nevertheless reappear on the seal. Finally, the man realized that somehow the turtle had played a part in his having received his appointment, so he kept the strange seal out of gratitude. Both those stories are showing how the merit of doing good rebounds upon us. What goes around comes around. Helping a sick sparrow, who would think that that could lead to a high government position? But the merit of helping that sparrow um, help the man attain those positions. It's, it's not that the sparrow somehow magically um, made this happen is that the merit of helping the sparrow resulted in a good karmic consequence. Likewise, the merit of helping the tortoise, the turtle, um, rebounded upon the, the person who had helped it. Don't underestimate the merit of small acts um, we just never know when we may perform an act which will have great consequences down the road. We just want to be, as Dogen says, constantly practicing selfless activity in daily life. Then Dogen continues in the Shoshogi. You need no further teachings than the above in order to show gratitude, and you must show it truly in the only real way in your daily life. Our daily life should be spent constantly in selfless activity with no waste of time whatsoever. Okay, we make use of the time that we have, the opportunity that we have. We, we sit here at a time when our, our country is relatively peaceful, it doesn't mean that we don't have problems or disturbances, but we're not being invaded by another country. We don't know how long this peace will last. It's easy to take it for granted. Make use of the time that we have now. For tomorrow, it may be gone. Okay. I don't mean to sound gloom and gloomy and I don't have a, a, a secret access to the president's uh, uh, foreign uh, information, but it's just a fact that things can change on a dime. Things can turn on a dime. And we want to be making good use of the time that we have now because tomorrow it may be gone or next week or next month or next year. Make use of the time that we have now. Then Dogen tells another story. He says, 
Time flies quicker than an arrow, and life passes with greater transience than dew. However skillful you may be, how can you ever recall a single day of the past? Should you live for a hundred years just wasting your time, every day and month will be filled with sorrow. Should you drift as the slave of your senses for a hundred years, and yet live truly for only so much as a single day, you will, in that one day, not only live a hundred years of life, but also save a hundred years of your future life. And Oakham is making reference to a story about um, a disciple who kept making all these offerings. Lifetime after lifetime, he kept making these offerings and expecting to get enlightenment. And then, but it, it didn't work. You know, when you, you have to give without an expectation of reward. Okay. And finally, when the man just simply gave without thinking about it, enlightenment occurred. Okay. And so he had, he had, you know, filled every month and day with sorrow, but because he lived just truly for one day, he saved a hundred days of his future life, of his present life, and a hundred years of his future life. We just don't know the consequences of the things that we do and the benefit that will accrue from doing the right thing. There's, um, I can remember uh, one of the monks telling the story of, of Tolstoy, the great Russian novelist. You know, in the in the latter part of his life, he became um, sort, of, sort of a philosopher. He lived on his his estate and and um, uh, lived communally with the people who worked for him, and uh, and taught. And one and one of the th- things they said there's a there's a film clip of of him at the end of his life and he's jumping back and forth from foot to foot and he's saying, do the right thing, do the right thing. Okay? So when we do the right thing, the good karma of that accrues to us. Doing the right thing includes the precepts. That's our primary primary guide for doing the right thing. But it also points to our own heart and what our own intuition our own knowledge of the Buddha nature of what is the right thing to do. And sometimes it's murky and we have to act without being sure of what the right thing is. But if we have faith, we will learn from that situation. We'll learn, well, that wasn't such a good thing to do. And the knowledge of that just accumulates. And so over time, we become wiser. My experience is that you can cultivate compassion, but wisdom accrues naturally. It's, it's hard to cultivate wisdom. It's my, my experience. Uh, but if you do your practice and do your meditation, wisdom will grow naturally. It can't help but grow. And then Dogen says, The life of this one day today is absolutely vital life. Your body is deeply significant. Both your life and your body deserve love and respect, for it is by their agency that truth is practiced and the Buddha's power exhibited. 
the seed of all Buddhist activity and of all Buddhahood is the true practice of preceptual truth. Dogen concludes the Shishogi with all the Buddhas are within the one Buddha Shakyamuni and all the Buddhas of past, present and future become Shakyamuni Buddha when they reach Buddhahood. This Buddha nature is itself the Buddha and should you awaken to a completely understanding thereof your gratitude to the Buddhas will know no bounds. Dogen is is kind of emphasizing again the importance of gratitude. And gratitude is one of those things that, as I said to begin with, that we can practice. And it said also that gratitude is a sign of enlightenment. But it works the other it also works the other way round. If you want to be enlightened, you can practice gratitude. If you're enlightened, you show gratitude. So gratitude, again, is one of the principal practices that we can do to realize what the Buddha realized. Remember, Master Jiu didn't like the word enlightenment very much because it implied a state, an unchanging state. For me, I, I think of enlightenment as enlightening, like the gerund form of the word enlightening. Enlightening is training. Training is enlightening. And gratitude is one of the ways that we practice that enlightenment. Thank you.